Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, I'm Sophie Ellis-Bexter and welcome to Spinning Plates, the podcast where I speak to busy working women who also happen to be mothers about how they make it work. I'm a singer and I've released seven albums in between having my five sons aged 16 months to 16 years, so I spin a few plates myself. Being a mother can be the most amazing thing, but can also be hard to find time for yourself and your own ambitions. I want to be a bit nosy and see how other people balance everything. Welcome to Spinning Plates. Hello, my darlings. How are you? Um, how are you finding everything at the moment? I'm trying to think what's been going on around here. Uh, so more of the same from last week, really. Uh, still been doing promotion for the album. I've done a couple of TV performances, which is quite fun. It's been nice to be back in a studio, and I even got to see my band yesterday. We did a performance for a, a TV thing that's going to go out in America, and it was quite funny. They'd made a set where they had like little Big Ben and all this sort of like it's London, guys, kind of stuff for the Americans. And we did a performance of Crying at the Discotheque where all my band wore animal masks, uh, the same ones that Richard and I used for the kitchen discos we did here with the kids. So we had, I don't know, Kieran on keys was a horse. We had my brother playing drums. Jack was a pigeon. Richard was a shark. Pablo was a poodle on guitar. But what's quite weird is when I got home, uh, I was showing my kids the original video music video for Crying at the Discotheque by Alcazar. And guess what they're wearing in the video? They're wearing animal masks, including the same horse head mask. The weirdest thing of all is that I hadn't seen the whole video, and the reason I had the animal masks was because I bought them when I was recording my album Familia, and that's why they're in the house. So it was nothing to do with Crying at the Discotheque or anything. I just thought, what a weird coincidence. So it seems that the animal masks were sort of destined to be a part of my life. <laughs> and I have to say... There's something very pleasing about turning around to face your husband on base and there he is with a shark's face instead. I recommend it for uh, making you laugh a little bit 
while you're doing some work. So try it. Try it, guys. Try it from home. Try putting on animal masks. Actually, don't. The visibility is terrible. Anywho, uh, this week's guest is... Oh, she's a bit of a force of nature, actually. Um, Holly Tucker. We met for the first time for the podcast, but I'd been in touch with her on email before. I ended up doing a little job for her company, notonthehighstreet.com, which is something she founded about 10 years ago when the internet was in its infancy. And... I was really struck by the company's ethos. I'm a big fan of small businesses and I try and support them where I can. And I'm sure you've done the same when you buy something from a small company. You just get the story behind the company. You feel like you've really had a direct contact with them and there's a sort of honesty about the transaction. And you also appreciate the work that's gone in from their side of things and the fact that you've got something pretty bespoke your end of things too. There's loads of small businesses that I support. Um, and it's it's joyful. And also, as a consumer, it makes you feel a little bit clever when you buy something from a small business rather than a big one. So I recommend it for Christmas. If any of you are still stuck for things to do, have a look on the small businesses. You can look on loads of places. Not on the high street is obviously a big place for it, but there's also places like Etsy and eBay and Instagram has been great for that. So just have a hunt around. And I've put on my Instagram a couple of times businesses that I recommend so you can find them. If you look on my Instagram too. But yeah, Holly was wonderful. She's really inspiring, really knows her stuff, really passionate. She is mother to one son who's now a teenager. He's 16, but she's just got married. She's in a really happy place. And she's called Hurricane Holly. That's her nickname, has been since she was small. And when you listen to it, you'll understand why. You've got bucket loads of energy. And also, our chat came in at a very efficient 51 minutes, which uh, is one of the quickest ones I've done, which is probably <laughs> quite a relief for those of you that like to listen to the podcast while you're doing journeys and stuff, or, I don't know, making something to eat or whatever. Um, sorry if sometimes I waffle on a bit, but I do get very curious when I'm chatting to people. Anyway, here's Holly, here's me. Go and get yourself a cup of tea, settle in. I think you'll find this one really inspiring uh, and it's a perfect lead-in to having to find presents for people. The most wonderful time of the year and all that. See you on the other side. Well, actually, I was really looking forward to speaking today because I thought I really needed to hear some positivity. Um, I had a bit of a... Bit of a gloomy weekend, really, because um, on Friday I was filming a new video for my, my new song, and I uh, the song is called Crying at the Discotheque, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be a really good thing if I film in loads of venues across London and show how sad it is these places are all empty? That's so I got, a good I, idea. Well, it was. I think it's going to look really good, but um, my friend, another Sophie, Sophie Muller, she was directing... And so we started the day at this tiny venue, a place that only had, I think, capacity is about 80. We went through seven venues in the day and ended up at the O2, which capacity like 13,000. But the thing I didn't really appreciate was that I was actually going to make me feel quite sad <laughs> singing to all these empty venues. And then on Saturday I did a gig and it was my sound man's first gig in six months. And that made me feel quite sad too. It made me realise what I'm missing. But then I do think the flip, on Sunday, I was online and there was a little sort of market, an online market with lots of creatives mm. and small businesses. And I thought, I was thinking actually for your company, for Not The High Street, that this must have been an amazing year because the emphasis mm. on the small business has been shifted, I think. People mm. are maybe thinking a bit mm. more about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's been... Um, you know, it's been amazing. I mean, I, I must say that when it all happened, I woke up, thought about my family, and the next thing I thought about was the small businesses. And I felt 
you know, it's been such a journey um, to raise profiles of these small businesses, to build not in the high street, to build Holly and Co. And then mm. this happened and I just thought, is everything just going to come crashing down? And um, And then it started turning around and actually it's been phenomenal for these small businesses I'm not saying all small businesses I'm just specifically talking about the ones that I know Mm. um sometimes they've been saying it's Christmas every day you know during that peak of lockdown Mm. because I think we had more time as customers to think about what we were doing where we were spending our money you know it wasn't the frantic commuting school runs I don't know that there was just this shift and people wanted to be thoughtful you know I know I did you know I bought about a thousand cards I bought 300 (laughs) stamps and um the other day I went through my 300th stamp and oh, I re- wow. and I realized I've been really sending out a lot and I think that's what everyone had and so you've seen this sort of rise with small businesses especially if they were posting through the letterbox and you know um picked up the nation's mood and so it's been really heartwarming to um hear these stories but I can imagine for you going around those venues it, it is you know when I've gone out on the high street it is a really hard thing to observe it is quite quite bleak but but one thing I have noticed is that the interactions I've had with people um I mean specifically this year it's almost like a lot of the kind of barriers of the way you normally interact with people sort of roles you play have really been broken down so I know uh, like during lockdown I had a problem with my banking app so I went to the bank to go and get it fixed and the guy I was speaking to we ended up talking about how he's found working how he's found you know his kids are being homeschooled all the sort of you know family story behind it and I think the thing about the small businesses that you've always championed, that it is about the stories behind the business. It's not just about, you know, oh, someone you know, makes these homemade candles. It's about you know, how they came to do that, yeah. how they make it work. And I think, I feel like overall people are just more interested in things that have got a bit of that backstory. They kind of want to know what's yeah. gone on behind the scenes. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, we've suddenly become a little bit more interested and maybe conscious and um, are looking to interact with brands, people, with depth, you know, and Mm. it's actually everything that I've always wanted to see. Um, Thank goodness it's all happening. I mean, there was a part of society that was always doing that, but I just think that whatever shifts that we've seen, it's been, and I do think it's been allowing time or the fact that you really wanted to send care and love to someone, you know, we've never been through anything like that, that now people have sort of dipped their toe in Mm. and they've seen that this is a colourful group of people, family businesses, you know, midnight makers, packing all through the night, baking the brownies in the home kitchen, packing it all up, sending it out. And then the amazingness of social media is you can see that interaction. You can see what's happening and you can feel it. And I think, again, also on the high street, those independents, you know, you must have had the same amazing small businesses staying open through Mm. this period of time. And you suddenly started talking to them and actually finding out about, as you said, their family And now what I see is that those customers that people gained through that time, they're sticking with the small businesses. Mm. And that's why potentially we're going to see the bigger businesses, the sort of dinosaurs of the world, those that were a bit vacuous, a bit soulless, really struggle. Um, And I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I mean, I was thinking for this Christmas, I want to make sure that 
I try and shop small as much as I can and really support all of those people who've got those homegrown businesses. And then, you know, when you pass over that gift, you can say, oh, that came from this girl. You should follow her on Instagram. She's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That guy does these amazing things. And yes. he also does this. And I like think people like that sort of quirk. It's really yeah. fun. And I know that, you know, if I've got friends that have, have set up their own companies, when people do buy, especially those initial customers they get, it means so much to them. Um, I went to speak not that long ago to Yvonne Telford, who set up a clothing company called Kemi Telford. She's like, every time someone buys from me, mm-hmm. you know, I can sort of count each one, and, and you know, and it becomes like this sort of family, like a community. Yeah. And I think it's really special. So if you can be part of that, that's a nice thing yeah. to feel like you're part of, isn't it? It's, it means everything. You know, I think back to starting on Not in the High Street, it was back in 2006, right, before smartphones, before... I mean, literally just coming out of the dial-up internet. Oh, I was going to say. So, it, is, yeah. it was a long time ago, but um, not that long time ago. But like, I feel very like granny-like when I talk about it. You know, there <laughs> was always been an online. Always, always been, been online, online absolutely. Mm. Um, and we had to used to say dot com because people didn't understand <laughs> like the small businesses would ask me do i need a computer and printer to join your internet company and oh, i'd wow. say this is going to help actually but you know i remember those first orders coming through um to these small businesses and i, I always remember one of them got a um a article we got an amazing picture in the independent magazine i think it was and i called her up and when i started not on the high street harry was three months old so you know there he is and he's tiny in his, in his little dressing gown. I'm in my dressing gown. He's not slept He's all in night. He's a tiny tes- dressing gown at three months. That's adorable. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I only had one, so, you know, this is her That's thing. Really cute. And also I had not in the high street, so it was a bit of a hard thing to not be shopping all the time. And um, I called up this small business and she said, what's happening, Holly? Uh, is there a bug on my site? And I said, no, honey, this is what's happening. People are doing it. And she just cried and she said, we're drinking champagne. It's nine o'clock in the morning. My kiln, because she was going to fire all these milk jugs, it's going to burst. But it was, I'll never forget that story. And for like 15 years, I've now, that is sort of my my fuel. Mm. When I hear the happiness because it's real life. You're really making a difference. You're voting with your money to change people's lives. Mm. Um, and you get to have great stuff for it. You know, mm. it's, it's a win-win situation. So what, 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 what was happening in your life that made starting the business when Harry was only three months old? Um, well, basically, I had been a girl in the hurry all my life called Hurricane Holly. Um, <laughs> and I really had. So from, you know, wanting to work, et cetera, et cetera. I started my first job. I got my first job the day that I got my A-level results. Um, So, and I went into advertising. I celebrated my 18th birthday as a fully-fledged junior, junior, junior tea maker, basically, um, in London. And, um, but that was sort of the story of me. I was always in a hurry and I found myself getting married very young. Um, So I got married at 21 to my childhood sweetheart and, you know, various things. I had a brain tumour, all these sort of things. And I sort of did quite a few lives, I would say, before I was about 23. I got divorced at 23. Um, And I decided to go back to creativity as a sort of, I suppose, healing aspect for myself and started making vegetable wreaths. Um, And I I always say I want this story to be sexier, but I started making vegetable wreaths and wanted to sell them just here locally, actually. And um, I thought, well, that's fine. I'll set up, I'll I'll sell it at the Chiswick Christmas Fair. Ah. And then I realised there was no such thing as a Chiswick Christmas Fair. So I 
set up the first Chiswick Christmas Fair so that I could get the best trestle table to sell my wreaths. <laughs> and so this was all in my early 20s. Um, it was very therapeutic. I realised that I love building businesses. Um, the fairs did it for two years, nearly killed me. But really what I realised was what I had discovered in these small businesses in the Chiswick Town Hall um, was it was electric when amazing customers could find what they were looking for. And then basically I swapped the town hall roof for an internet, the internet, and collated all these small businesses along with my business partner, Sophie. And at the meantime, I had found my life partner, who I actually got married to four weeks ago in lockdown. Mm. And and my son's, you know, nearly 16 years old. So he's the same age as not on the high street. So whenever I look at my son, I always forgive the business because... Actually, it's only been going this long. Mm. And so when I realised that there was a plight for small businesses to get online, but done in a way that was beautiful, curated, with taste, with style, um, we built Not on the High Street. And I just happened to have, at that point, a three, because I was in a hurry, you know, I'd Mm. always wanted to be a mum. So the Hurricane Holly's never sort of left me. I mean, I'm 43 now, and slightly tireder. But but yeah, so he happened to be three months old. And would I do that? Potentially not. It was pretty difficult I would say um missing his first words missing his first you know walk um but I call my businesses my children as well they're my business children um so I had Harry who's my son I have not on the high street and I have Holly and Co and these are you know three things three babies that I've nurtured Mm. um and I think that's one of the things I love about female entrepreneurship is you can bring that maternal instinct to your company yeah, well, it's, well, firstly, you know, it's really lovely at Chiswick, where we are now, uh, sat talking, has formed such a key part of your story. It has, <laughs> and you're the only other person who actually knows what the Chiswick Town Hall is, yeah. because normally my story, I was like, yeah, where? And uh, you actually know what I'm talking about. I do, and actually, uh, maybe somewhat controversially, I once did a taxidermy course within the walls of the Chiswick Town Hall. Uh, not just me, my husband, my brother Jack, my sister Martha and my mum, we all made little taxidermy marks. Nice. Oh, um, wow. One, I didn't know. One crazy night in the Cheswick Town Hall. Um, <laughs> that place is wild. It is. <laughs> it takes hours, by the way, to taxidermy a mouse. It's, they're very small. Um, and uh, the other place that's significant to you is also significant to me, which is St Margaret's, where you have yes. Holly & Co., yes. which is where I grew up when I was little. It's um, so bizarre, isn't it? I know, I know, because that's why I think um, I ended up doing a bit of work with Not on the High Street, uh, com not that long ago, and I had to get in touch with you because I was like, yes. look, we've both got these like, yes, I know. Two things, Chiswick and St Margaret's, and St Margaret's is like it's 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 kind of one of those lovely places in London that's right on the outskirts. It's got that villagey feel, but you're also yeah, you know, quite not too far there. away from Piccadilly. So it's, exactly, yeah. yeah, three cheers for St Margaret's. Um, but the other thing that resonated when you were talking is when you're saying in your mid twenties and. You know, it's a lot to go through. You mentioned you sort of mentioned them quickly, but of early marriage, a divorce, and a brain tumor are three really big deals. Mm. Um, and so, I, I really uh, the bit that I really resonated with me is the fact that you went and started doing this creative thing. You wanted to make these vegetable wreaths because when I was in my early twenties and I lost my record deal, my first record deal, and I felt very high and dry. I started doing something creative. I made mm. started making these handbags and I used to go to the haberdashers and buy up loads of fabrics and okay. threads and things just so I had yeah. something to put it. And I sort of knew they weren't very good. And 
I just knew I had to do something. Mm. It was like a real instinct of like, there has to be a project, mm. you know, one step in front of the other, something happening. But do you still have that? Do you still make things? Is that still part N- of what um, you do? No, because... Um, because now I suppose I was just reflecting driving over to you actually that I'm probably in the happiest place of my life right this moment and you know um, my son is an amazing boy and I thought I was going to really really screw him up because building two companies building uh, not in the high street it was not for the faint-hearted and so it took all of me um and I just got married to um, my partner now my husband after 18 years together and that was a serious journey as well because building businesses being a young mum raising capital um all the imposter syndrome that you had to deal with very lonely at the top always doubting yourself that, you know, really everyone's going to find you out soon. And how? Because you've got 200 people working for you. You've got these expectations put on you. You've given it the gift of the gab. Now you've got to deliver. Um, And how well, you know, uh, you know, that we weathered that storm as a marriage. You know, it was never, ever easy um, during sort of a a whole decade of it, actually. It was just difficult because, of course, it was. Now I reflect back Mm. and I look at not on the high street and I see how well those small businesses are doing, you know. Some of them are doing the same journey as Sophie and I now. You know, yeah. there's so many of them that turn over a million pounds a year. And I'm like, when I used to sell, you know, small businesses to come onto the website, you know, we were talking, you know, well, if you make a hundred pounds in a month, you know, this was this is our uh, what we were talking about. And then now I've found Holly and Co. And, you know, I feel like this is my plight until I'm 90, um, forever, you know, and so I feel very settled now. Um, so I don't um, but yeah, I'm creative all the time mm. because my entire tapestry of my day is doing things like this or to um, meet small businesses, help them. Um, I'm constantly, you know, um, leaving voicemails and trying to help businesses if I see a great product and just, just I'll just leave them a message or something like that. And my team is creative. Holly & Co is highly creative. So I, I feel fulfilled. But I do know what you mean because when I talk to this community of small businesses, you know, their businesses have helped them, their creativity, I suppose, being creatively fulfilled, has seen them through grief, seen them through cancer, seen them through marriage breakups. Um, It's an amazing thing when you can feel creatively fulfilled, what that does to your soul. So um, I'm lucky right now, I feel like I have it all the time, but I really recognise that at that time, probably like yourself, you know, making the handbags, it's this desperate need to get it out of you, Mm. if you see what I mean, to show your personality, to show your individuality. Um, And why I think, for me, everyone should build a business doing what they love. Because if you can live in this sort of world, a perfect world of being creatively fulfilled, controlling your own destiny and building something, Mm. I, I don't know how much better it gets. No, I'm doing lots of fierce nodding to all of that because I think you're right in so much of what you do, if it is the thing you love, is just purely for that, actually. And the business stuff is a really nice side effect and you can you can grow that muscle of how to be a bit savvy with your business. Mm-hmm. But the core of it, the thing that makes you mm-hmm. happy, the thing that makes you 
keep going half an hour, an hour past the time when you said, I really should go to bed now, whatever it is. Yes. Is that yes. pure love of... And how nice that, you know, you woke up in the morning and it didn't exist and you go to bed at night and something new is in the world that yes. you put together. That's yes. That's a really lovely feeling. I'd recommend that to anybody, no matter what it is. And half the time when people say, oh, I could never do that, I could never make something or, you know, paint a picture or write a song, whatever it may be, I'm like, well, have you tried? And quite often the, the answer is no. no <laughs> like, oh, I know. Go. You might be really good at it. I know, I know. <laughs> well, they're scared. You know, people are... We're based, you know, we, we, I was reading, you know, our brains haven't mature, matured or grown for 2,000 years. So we're built to fear. Mm. You know, ultimately, we're just built to worry about the mammoth or whatever was coming our way. And I think still we're worried about the mammoth. You know, the um, what if this all goes wrong? You know, what if I make a plonker out myself? What if, you know, no one likes me on Instagram? You know, all these what ifs and... On my 40th birthday, I worked out that I, um, I worked out I'm quite into efficiency. So on my 40th birthday, I worked out that I had 29,000 days on the planet and I only had 14,000 days left and I still need to work out I'm 43. I haven't updated this number, so it's worse. So it's not 14,000, it's 13,000 something. And, um, and I really realised that you know, that was it. Every day, like you said, I love what you just said, because that's what I feel. I jump out of bed in the morning, not because I'm just ridiculously optimistic, but I know that today is a blessing. And I'm grateful for the day. And I know I can build something that by tonight never had even occurred. And so for me, it's like, and then that day passes, and I'll never get it back again. Mm. And my countdown is there, you know, we all have the countdown. And so you've got to go so the what ifs you've just got to screw it and mm. you've got to do it because you're never going to get younger you know and that for me has been a great reckoning that's been the best thing in my life to realize that just look at whatever's the worst that's going to happen make your peace with it or not mm. and then crack on yeah I think um Maybe as well, sort of part of when you're saying this is like the happiest time of your life, which is a, what a lovely thing to be able to recognise in the moment of experiencing mm. as well. Because sometimes you look back and think, actually, that was a really happy period. But to know it's now is wonderful. And listening to you speak about what sounds like an incredibly stressful, not just first couple of years, but first sort of decade of building your business. It's also, isn't it, quite a relief when you know it's, you know, Harry is um, now 15, nearly 16, and, you know, you're really proud of him and your business is established. Mm. So now you can kind of go, actually, you know what, there was a lot of holding my nerve going on behind the scenes for like a really long time. <laughs> and I can tell you about it now because it's got a happy ending. But for ages, I couldn't really let on to anybody. For ages, I had a very big <laughs> smile and I was telling everything, everyone, everything is absolutely fine. It's actually amazing. Mm. And yeah, it is, um, it's just, a, it is a... It's a great thing. And, and you know, building Holly & Co now, don't get me wrong, it's I'm on the next adventure. Um, and that has its, you know, every business has its ups and downs yes. and things. But um, I just feel I'm so grateful for age. And I love being in my 40s. And I don't, I can't wait to be in my 50s. Because mm. if I'm getting what I'm getting at my 40s, mm. that definitely were different to my 30s. And it just goes this way, this direction. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it because I, I just, you just start to feel more settled in yourself. You definitely do. And actually, I, I love getting older as well. It's funny because when you're younger, you're so encouraged to be quite 
nervous about getting older, especially especially as a woman, you know, that there's a lot of negatives that go alongside it, but there's so many positives. I, I My, really love it. Oh, yeah, I think there's, it far outweighs being younger. I mean, I, 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 would, you, I, you, I wouldn't be paid to go through my 20s and 30s again. No, my yeah. teens. I would oh, my it. gosh, oh my the God. teens right now. <laughs> looking at Harry's GCSEs, yeah. forget it. You yeah. know, not that, yeah, he probably <laughs> won't listen. I try and ask him to listen to the things that I'm on. He probably won't, so we're safe. <laughs> I think if there's anything a teenage boy is not going to listen to, it's a podcast about how, like, working mothers, like, try and balance. They're just, we've yeah. been trying to tell them in real life for exactly. a really long time. So, so they're not going to spend their time, their free time doing it, are they? No. <laughs> Alexa, play my podcast. Good night. Good night, kids. <laughs> Don't worry. Your, your secrets are safe with me. I'm yeah. here. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, but uh, I was going to say, yeah, so when you were, you know, it's quite an extraordinary thing to work out how many days you've been on planet Earth and guesstimate how many you've got left, by the way, when you're on your birthday. Um, I mean, obviously, it sounds like you did it with real positivity. But if that's the way you're inclined to sometimes weigh things up and feel this sense of urgency and wanting to get mm. things done... How does that factor when you're also raising a child? Because you've mentioned, you know, the things you've had to sacrifice. And now that you have a good relationship with your son mm. and he's, you know, nearly, nearly at full adulthood, which I, when my son reaches 18, I'm going to like high five everyone. But, um, you know, and you just got married and he was best man, is that yes, right? Yes, that yeah. was right, yeah. Which is really lovely. But there's, there's got to have been a lot of times along the way that that's been really quite really quite hard for you to mm. to miss out on things. I mean, can you do you remember all those times in that way or has it got mm. a different hue now that you're 
No, I things. remember every single one. Only this morning, um, I moved the inf- make me teary. I moved the inflatable ball, um, a little football that we've kept, and that was the ball he chased when he did his first walk, his first steps. And um, I remember Frank called me. You you couldn't video, I don't think, on the smartphone at that point in time. No. So, um, and I've kept it there because that was a moment that I missed. But I was so proud of him for walking. And I obviously saw it that evening. And I always made sure from a young point in my business that, you know, it was about quality of time, not quantity of time. Mm. Uh, it had to be. So I never missed a bedtime, ever. Um, and weekends were where I wasn't working, you know, I would really diarise real quality time with him. Um, so, you know, this Saturday, him and I went out for lunch together. Um, he puts his arm around me now like a man. Um, and I remember holding his hand as a little boy, um, sleep deprived from working. And, you know, it, it has just been one heck of a journey. Um but what's been unbelievable, and I say this to small businesses who are trying to do this balancing thing, um, number one, ignore balance. It's about building blocks. It's, I call them like bricks. You know, they're just the foundations of your life. And so it's not about the balance. It's about building amazing things, um, be it your relationship with your son, your partner, your business, your um, self-esteem, your health. Um, and... I really feel that the example that we're setting our young at the moment is imperative because in the future we're going to, our kids are going to have a multi-hyphenated world. Mm. They're probably going to have to be their own brands from dot one and yet they don't learn entrepreneurism at school. You're said to be born, do you know the line? You're either born an entrepreneur or you're not. I don't believe that anymore. It is about the fact that these kids need to know that everything an entrepreneur is, they probably better learn those skills. And I worry about those who haven't got maybe this happening under their roof at home. Mm. Because I think that Harry has now observed me as a woman, number one, um, that I am a working woman, that I'm building a brand, building brands, the value of small business, the value of other entrepreneurs, the value of community, um, how creativity is the heart, I would say, as of every successful business, um, how you have to be a leader, um, how to bring people along with you. I mean, I, uh, financial management, marketing. He has learned so much from the experience that that now um, is tonic to my... Uh, misplaced guilt, um, my miss, not my misplaced tears. I, I really do. Um, I am sad that I missed a few things in his life, but I, I, I miss the sports days. I don't worry so much about that because he gets to come and launch um, Holly and Co at four o'clock in the morning with me. Do you know what I mean? He gets to come to podcasts when I do them and sit in the background and listen and observe and hear amazing stories. So it's all about that. It's all about the fact that we are examples now to our children and probably we're giving them the education mm. firsthand that they are absolutely going to require in the future. 
Yeah, well, I was going to say, so how is he learning? So he's, he comes along and participates in lots. But when he was smaller, what was he, how was he learning these skills? Well, the he was learning these skills because he would always come into the office. Um, you know, Harry's first job was to tidy up the mess. And my name's Bubba. And he'd go, Bubba, this is a mess. And I said, well, Harry, please tidy it up. And my business partner was much tidier than I was. And she used to delight that he used to come in. And, you know, he was two, <laughs> you know, and waddling around and things. Um, but then, you know, when um, my... Um, before Frank became um, uh, uh, the main caregiver, um, you know, we had a nanny. And when the nanny was unwell, he would have to come to work with me and he would sit under the desk. Like, um, do you remember Mr. Britis at all on TV? Yeah, yeah. So British it, Empire. British Empire. Yeah. So she had a baby in the drawer, you know, in reception. I always <laughs> laugh because it's like my son was, he was under the desk and he'd have what sits and do you remember the DVD players with the yeah. um, the headphones? He would just sit under there watching, um, uh, you know, uh, Power Rangers and things like that. I'm familiar with their work. Yes, you are. It's a fantastic work. Um, but basically he has constantly been in and out of always work environment you know packaging catalogues into bags or um tidy as I said tidying up the office or coming to meetings or if I'm doing a presentation he would come or if I do a talk to a school sometimes he comes he sits right at the back so Mm. that no one sees him but that has been very that has been sort of a golden thread running through his entire childhood um and so it's it's been a it's been amazing because it means there is no sort of work how was your day yeah fine you know and I'm coming off a tube doing something he's not interested in Mm. we have proper it's like part of where's the milk what podcast are you doing today or where's the milk what business are you helping today do you know what I mean it's part of our conversation um and it makes me really happy yeah that's lovely well I suppose if you if you're so closely weaved with your work it it makes sense that it would kind of bring everything in and if you also if you describe your like having lots of children with your businesses it makes sense that your your child would be part of that did you grow up in an environment that did the same thing for you then did you have entrepreneurial parents no I didn't actually my father is um he is in finance so he was the first CFO of Notton High Street I mean he didn't mean to be but um seeing as I think 60 70 percent of all the first employees were family because they're very good um in terms of not demanding much money or any money and working all the hours mm. um and my mother um she was just a fantastic mum um she had a small business when we when I started um when I grew up um called hollyhocks actually and it did personalize bedding which now I look back at it you know this was in the 70s where you didn't have like holly written on things or your name written on anything um so potentially I now look back and think was that in my psyche but she was just an amazing gift giver amazing and always we had to think about our gifting always and it was always to do be clever and her mum um her mum was incredible she used to wear um this must have been then in the 1940s 50s wore caftans on Christmas day she would make Christmas trees out of flowers not have a Christmas tree I mean she was pretty cool so I think from that that side of things it was always to be different Mm. and be unique and so I think that has got into my psyche and my sister's psyche. I've built not on High Street and Holly and Co with my sister as well. Um, and so I think that that's there. Um, but it has been, you know, as my parents say, it was, you know, I wanted to work 
I built businesses all the time, be it a little travel agency at the bottom of the stairs, the tuck shop at school, um, wanting to clean pubs at the age of 12, 13. Someone employed me to clean pubs. God knows, I'm sure that's illegal. Yeah, that doesn't sound... Um, but, you know, my <laughs> dad was... Yeah, my dad would sit out in the car park and I'd put my marigolds on and go and clean the pub and I'd earn that money at five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, you know, and he'd take me. So very, very supportive, being my biggest cheerleaders. Um, yeah, so... But I think it's more that there was creativity um a sense of independence that they put into me mm. um I left home at 16 17 um 17 to move out to Halston of all places in London um and where I had my first job and things so they allowed me to be very independent and creative and so I suppose that mix with wanting to be unique um yeah created this entrepreneurial thing yeah. that I have you that drive so you left home at 16, 17, did you say? Yeah, well, I must have because um, I must have because I start, I celebrated my first, um, yeah, about that age. That's so young. Very, very young. How do you feel if Harry did that? Not happening. <laughs> I mean, not happening. I mean, it must have been that if I got that wrong, but it must have been about 18, yeah, because, I mean, and I packed my bag and packed the Peugeot up I, I honestly, if my parents are listening to this, I am so sorry for that because they'd been away and then there I was. I packed up the whole car. Well, while they were gone? Yeah, and I waited <laughs> for them to get back and I drove off with my big brick one-to-one phone yeah. and my job and my car packed and do you know what I mean? And this was it. I mean, her, you know... You don't get the name Hurricane Har- no, Harley for, for not, that thing. For nothing, no. <laughs> Harry's never leaving ever, as so far he's as I'm concerned. Harry. I'm not going. I'm going to take all the wind out of him. You know, <laughs> he's my best friend. He can't go anywhere. <laughs> oh, well, I think your parents obviously had an instinct that actually everything was going to kind of work out all right if you did that. And maybe you know, there's some things that happened to me in my sort of late teens, early twenties that I look back and think, you know, what did my mum and dad think? I was in a really inappropriate relationship that was very serious, very quick. Moved out. You know, I mean, I was geriatric compared to you. I was like 18, I'd just finished school. But, you know, they must have been having conversations at home, sort of saying, you know, is this okay? But I suppose as a parent, you sometimes do have to kind of trust your instinct about if they've got that drive, if you let them do what they're going to do, you keep the communication open. But if you say you're not going anywhere, then they probably would just want to do it, but just not tell you about it. So... Maybe I these think are the things I, we have to grapple with, right? Oh, my goodness. Please, Harry, never, <laughs> ever do what I've done to my parents. You know, I got married young, um, really young, um, started my work really young, moved out really young. Um, they never blocked me. You're yeah. right. They never blocked me. And somehow it all worked through. Mm. And, you know, now they've just moved back to St. Margaret's from being away, um, you know, in, in, in where where we grew up as children. And, um, you know, they're around the corner from me and we have the most amazing relationship. So that's, yeah, you've got to let them fly, haven't you? I but so. um, God, I'm not looking forward to that day. No, me neither. I keep telling my kids they're not allowed to move anywhere outside of the UK. I want them to stay in the same country as me. And I'm sure that's pretty much guaranteed they're going to go as far away as possible. <laughs> I've been saying it since they were little. What an idiot. Um, I did see that you um, put on your Instagram the other day a note about having an only child and how that mm. was a decision to have just mm. Harry. And I have actually got loads of friends that are only children. I never really thought too much about it, but I guess... Uh, you know, it never really occurred to me to think about whether or not there was a choice or not about, 
you know, having an only child. In fact, if anything, I sort of would think it probably would be a choice. But then I spoke to someone the other week who really wanted to have another baby and, and couldn't. And I think sometimes only children have got... That, that people do... Well, people make comments about whatever size family you have, but I suppose you were saying that you had decided not to have another child and now you've sort of thought a bit more about mm. that. I mean, is that something you can remember going through as he was growing oh, up and yeah. the business was building? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... It's not something that was far from my mind ever because, um, you know, my whole life I've wanted to be a mother. Um, I love children. Um, And it was just really difficult. You know, how... But how on earth? You know, because I was building not in the high street. I was helping all these thousands of businesses, all their families. We were on this trajectory. We were... I'd risked everything on it. This wasn't sort of like I could, you know, now Frank has left his career and he's now a house husband. So we have one income coming in. There was no sort of, you know, sometimes, you know, you think there was a choice. There was no choice. I, I, I couldn't not bring in income. I couldn't not build this to continue mm. supporting my family. And it was hair raising. So this wasn't sort of like, you know, first year, rub our hands and say, well, that's good. This is going to grow. So how on earth would I be able to go through a pregnancy, have a child, know the type of mother I want to be, then have two and a a business baby? Um, And that and then and as I said, you know, and then you've got to have a strong marriage and, you know, building a business for anybody is not for the faint hearted. And so. Again, you've got to have a strong marriage. You've got one child. You don't want to risk this all and, and upset the apple cart, I suppose. And then another year will pass and then another year passes. And then, do you know what I mean? And so actually, um, it just became that I didn't have another child. But my goodness, it was in my heart always. And now I look back um, at this time and think, and as I said in that in that post, actually, it was really coming to terms with the fact that, you know, my sister had a baby and um, she now is my honorary daughter. Um, I love, you know, she has a room in my house. Um, I was there at the birth, you know, this is my spirit child. Mm. Um, and then my close sort of work family, their children are, they have a den in my garden. Um, My co-founders just had twins, unbelievably. And she's, um, um, and those children will be part of my life. And I've realised now that even the businesses I help, their children are very important to me. So I feel like I can be maternal again, Mm. almost like, accepting that I'm not going to have my own another baby but I have babies everywhere in a way I have spirits that I can help everywhere and that's how I'm going to make my peace with it so I worry about the Christmas table and having a boy and you know and uh, being one of two girls for my parents you know and we'll make the house nice if they've been away on holiday and I think will I will I have this or um and I know that you know people left me messages actually on that post saying you know, you're going to have all the children who helped you, who you helped mm. being around that Christmas table. That's what you'll have. And Harry, 
He yeah. better, yeah. And Harry. I'm making him listen to this podcast now. And <laughs> Harry. Just do some key, key quotes. Key, key quotes. I'll do you an there. edit to Harry yeah. edit for <laughs> To <you>. Harry edit, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I do totally agree with that as well because I think, well, first of all, as the mother of, of sons, people say really helpful things to you when you have a baby boy, like, um, what is it they say? Uh, boys leave and girls remain. You know, like, what's that supposed to mean? You know, like, oh, great. So they're all just going to go and leave me. Thanks for that. Um, but I honestly don't believe in any of those sort of trite things. You have your own... Um, hold on a second. Hi, like it. Did you do it? By okay, don't walk around in bare feet in there, sweetheart. It's okay. Just go and find out. Daddy's in the studio. Sorry, it's my 11-year-old kid. <laughs> Love him. <laughs> he, he has, he's actually been up since seven, but he's still got that just-got-out-of-bed yeah. vibe. <laughs> so is Harry, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Kit's actually the one where I said to him once, um, will you look after me when I'm old? And he said, yes, but only for a day or two. <laughs> oh, my gosh, <laughs> so, a day or two? Yeah. So I don't even know if they're consecutive days or I have to pick them in advance or anything. Or hourly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's quite clever. Maybe I'll do that, break yeah. it up. I'll be like, you said a day or two, I'm taking 48 hours and this is how it's going to run. Um, uh, but I think, I think, you know, there's many ways to have a family and... The, you know, the, the one that's regarded as the traditional, the typical, is probably, you know, mum, dad, two kids, probably one of each gender. But actually, family is mm. very rarely textbook, and it certainly is incredibly bespoke. Even you, you never really know what it's like to be in a part of a family unless you are a member of that family. And there's so many ways to make it work for you. Mm. I think, you know, this is the sort of untold pleasures of, as you say, your friends' babies and, you know, the people that you sort of scoop up under your wing and the way you can have that busy table with people that become like family. So yeah, I think if you've got, you know, a den at the end of your garden for, for kids that you've scooped up and your niece has got a room in your house, that you're right, that is exactly, they'll all be there. And Harry will definitely be around your table. I mean, if I know anything about the kids I have, kids are quite clever as well about plugging the gaps of what's needed in the family. And Harry will instinctively know you know, what's needed for the people he loves, for his mum and dad. So how, how was the wedding? Did he have to give a speech? He did, he did. <laughs> that was a moment in time, actually. Um, he's been asking for um, Frank and I to be married since we were. he was three. Oh, he's been campaigning. So he has been campaigning. And, you know, he, um, you know, comments such as, and you're the only mum and dad who aren't married in my whole class, you know, has been going on for a long time. And so when we, um, when Frank asked during uh, lockdown, we decided to get married, um, Frank instantly asked him to be best man. And it was a very emotional day, actually, you know, all of us cried, but Harry was very emotional about it all because... Mm -hmm. You know, his mum and dad were doing that thing and we've all travelled this journey. You know, he's not been immune to this journey. Um, and now we were, for him, sticking. Somehow this meant that we were sticking, although we were sticking always. But for him, it was that thing. Very important to him. So Frank asked him to be best man. Uh, he wrote a speech. Someone read it once, gave me the wink saying, it's pretty good. I've not had to do anything. Um, he stood up um, in his beautiful suit, hair all scooped back um, uh, in his ponytail and just delivered this speech, which was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Had us in fits of laughter, had us in tears, exactly what a best man's speech should do. Um, he spoke about the universe and two atoms colliding and he said that this is what he felt his parents were that they were always destined to be together Frank's known me since I was 18 and um 
and that this was the proudest day of his life and um, how um, we're his best friends. And, you know, at 16, to say that about your parents, you know, it was just a beautiful moment. And um, and he did it all by himself. And so it made us just so proud that there we were after our adventure already, mm. um, starting the first day of a new adventure um, as the three of us. But, you know, yeah. And it's just been such a happy house. Yeah. You know, Frank, Harry... They feel very settled that somehow this ring on the finger did a lot to us all. And um, yeah, it's, and, and hence why it's just a very happy point in my life. Yeah, that's so gorgeous. I, from listening to what Harry said in his speech, I don't think you've got any worries about whether or not he's going to be around your table. I think it'd be probably more case of how you're going to get him out of the house. Oh, well, <laughs> well I, hope, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> sounds very happy. Um, I know you've got to go in a minute, so I just had a couple more things I wanted yeah, to ask course. you. Yeah, of course. With, you know, we've been talking a lot about what it's like to be a, a working mother. I mean, what do you know sort of roughly the b- breakdown of the businesses that you see on on the high street? How, how many are owned by women and men mm. and how many of them are sort of working mm. mums? Well, not on the high street and Holly & Co now. So throughout all of it... Um, not on the high street was more skewed towards women. I think actually one of the things I'm proudest um, is that not on the high street, you've got to go back to 2006, was mm. creating a way that women could do the school run and work and create a business. Um, and it was in an environment that understood that. Um, we didn't make it out for that, but just it so happened that, you know, you run your own business online, purely online, that that could then fit into everything else. So, mm. you know, it's over 90% um, female small businesses. Um, with Holly & Co, obviously, it's about advice and support and inspiration, really just to be their virtual cheerleader. And so that's men and women. Um, so it's been an amazing thing to watch, to watch the progression of when we started having conversations about doing the school run and working Mm. you know it's like you don't say that out loud to now saying actually I run I've coined a phrase the good life companies because I just feel like SMEs or I run a small business or Mm. I have a kitchen table business just doesn't really cut it so to have a good life company now that you can openly and proudly talk about flexible working and picking up kids and working till midnight and no one really thinks much of it anymore Mm. but that's been the shift that we've seen over 10 years and I think I hope that we've really contributed to that shift um, in this time. Yeah well I definitely think for so many working mothers in that way it'll really be great to have somewhere for advice and to know someone's got your back in that way and I suppose the only thing that can be tricky is that, you know, if, if you feel like you have got the option of running a business while you're doing all that, people who find that that's actually a real struggle might feel like, ah, how am I supposed to be hitting all these goals? I suppose you've just got to be forgiving of yourself that there are going to be weeks where you just feel like it didn't, the balance wasn't quite right this week. Yeah. And presumably you had weeks like that when you were building your business. Yeah, and- absolutely. And, and it's just saying, so, you know, I, I like a good plan. You know, I don't believe in business plans. But I, um, because I think they become out of date almost the moment you write them down. But I believe in visualisation, understanding the goal I want to get to or the rough goal. I visualise it, firm believer in visualisation. And I sort of put my anchor there. Mm. And then I take the rope back to where I am today and then know that I do not have coordinates of how I'm going to get there. 
But as long as the compass is slightly in that direction, and sometimes it's going to take longer, or sometimes I'm having a great week and I'm speeding through, and then sometimes I'm veering to the right or to the left, but I'm anchored in the vision. That's all you can do. And, you know, if you're slower and it's going to take a little longer, that's okay. Who's got the stopwatch? I mean, obviously, you've got to earn money. You've got to afford that living and all those sorts of things. But it's okay. It is really, truly, it's an old, it's a phrase that's used too much. But if you really think about it, it is the journey and not the destination. Every day, whatever that thing you're dealing with, trying to balance it up, just try and remember that gratitude that you're having this experience in the first place, you know, that you're not going to go and work for some ass, you know, who you can't bear, you're doing a commute you can't bear, you're doing a job you can't bear. You know, if you're fortunate enough, and if you're not fortunate enough, think to yourself, do you want to be working for the ass and the commute and everything like that? But as long as you've got your anchor there, you hold on to that rope tightly, follow that dream and just allow the universe to sort of dictate that pace. Mm-hmm. And some days are going to be bad. Some days are going to be great. Don't think about it too much. Don't waste energy on things that aren't worth wasting um, that energy. It's precious. You're the Duracell battery of your vision. You know, so just do not pour that golden nectar out too easily. Um, but yeah, and, and Holly Hurricane, you know, I have to say that to myself. And as I'm getting older, I'm realising I'm holding on. Sometimes things are delayed. Sometimes it's bad days. Um, as long as you have passion and enthusiasm, um, you'll get there. Yeah, well, that's, that's such a powerful image. I love that, I, that, that you know, the idea of this anchor and the rope back and sometimes it kind of veering from one side. I, that makes complete sense to me. And I think that's a really lovely way to know that sometimes you're going to feel like you've just gone off course and it just hasn't mm-hmm. worked, but you've got to keep pushing on. And also I think the significance of being someone like you that's always been in this hurry, always looking at the next thing. And I, you know, I can tell from listening to you, you've already got anchors <laughs> thrown far ahead of you. You're, you've got a rope in your hands, but... I think the significance of being able to look at where you're at and say I'm really happy now is actually a really massive deal just because I just don't think we often are good at doing that. Um, so I, I think that's really special. And I it, think there's so it, many it, people it, that are going to feel better for hearing well, what you said. Well, um, thank you for saying that. And it, I don't think I've ever said it, ever. So great, I'm saying on a podcast. But, you know, I've never said that. But I, I really, you know, a few people have gone through a number of things lately and I have through lockdown um you just don't know what's that phone call is going to say the next call um you don't know what is going to happen uh, we've all not known what was going to happen and we've gone through it so if you are bloody happy just say it and own it because as you said you can retrospectively do it but I think there's something about being in that space and and feeling it um is is powerful and and it's only just really been the last few weeks I've just sort of realized that's where I'm at at the moment and I think I deserve it as well Mm. it's been through a a bit of a journey and so again it's been kind to say to yourself actually I deserve happiness um that's okay to say it as well um so I, I do wish everyone that's listening that as well yeah no, me too. I wish that for everybody too. Because I think sometimes people confuse that emotion with smugness and it's so far away from that, actually. As you say, we're allowed to acknowledge when we're happy. I've actually got a poster on my wall that says something like, it's okay for me to have everything I want. And I, I put it there, not meaning I'm greedy, but just sometimes I think you feel, is it all right to acknowledge that everything's quite good for me at the moment? 
and you feel like, oh, am I going to be punished for that? Is something bad going to happen if I acknowledge that? Does it mean I'm not thinking about the people who don't have everything they want right now? But actually, it's life doesn't really work like that. It doesn't work like that. And, and I realise that the, when you say that you're happy, I mean, I'm touching wood. You've got a lovely wooden table here, so I <laughs> almost want to kiss it. But when you say that you're happy, the universe does not work, that it's now going to give you unhappiness. Now I really thought that for all of my 20s and probably all of my 30s. I'm realising it really doesn't work like that. So we have to own it because we we tend to own a lot of unhappiness on our social media and everything, don't we? we, we, we be, we're very open with unhappiness. And I think it's a really good thing to maybe be really open with happiness just to balance it out because otherwise one is getting too skewed I would say you know it's it's too unbalanced in 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 that sense of what we're hearing mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad things going on you know and it's um so yeah I think it's and maybe if someone is hearing this maybe they could own their happiness as well yeah no well thank you I knew I'd get positivity from you I got it in buckets full so thank you very much and I will make sure the Harry edit includes this last <laughs> section in full because I think he probably knows it all already but it'd be nice for him to hear it from his mother again thank you <laughs> thank so much you. Holly. Thank, thank you for having me thank you <laughs> so thank much you. <laughs> Ah, so what did you think of that? I told you, loads of positivity, loads of energy. I hope you found it a bit inspiring. I absolutely loved Holly's analogy about holding onto the rope and the anchor and how you can veer one way or another slightly off course, but so long as you're holding onto the rope, you're kind of finding your way to where you're supposed to be. That really made sense to me as a metaphor. Um, And I found it really, it was a really smart thing to say as well because... I think from the outside looking in, when you look at people who set up businesses and are doing things on their own terms, you sort of can feel a bit intimidated when it's in your own life. Or how do I get from here to there? And what if I'm working for someone I like? What if I don't like? What if I don't really love my job? What if I haven't quite found that thing? And I think the idea of thinking, look, where do I want to get to? Hold on to that rope, just one day at a time, keep something in your mind. And actually, it does focus you, I think, and it does make you push on and get through the tougher times when you've got that that idea in your head so yeah I really love that from Holly and thank you very much for listening um, and maybe you go out and uh, next time you do buy from a small business or if you are running your own small business you'll know you're part of a very clever thing a very pleasing thing in fact only today I received a card from someone called Karen Maybon. She she works up in Scotland. I've never met her personally, but I've loved her work. She makes beautiful prints, so she does cushions and pyjamas and scarves and this kind of thing. And she sent me a note just to say, I, every time you've supported my business right from the beginning, and I don't think you understand quite how much, how significant that is. And I think that every person running a business feels that way about every customer they have. I know when I spoke to Yvonne Telford for the last series with her company, Kemi Telford that's how she felt about her customers too you know if there's so many ways to find our own community and and find a job that really keeps us excited we deserve it anyway I will see you soon have a lovely week in the meantime lots of love
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.